Welcome into the Husker 24-7 podcast. I am Mike Schaefer, joined by Brian Christofferson, Michael Brunts here on Thursday. Gentlemen, there's been a lot of discussion of Nebraska football and what has not worked, namely the offense, namely Adrian Martinez, uh, at least passing, uh, wide receivers. But let's, let's dive into what you have seen and what you have liked so far from Nebraska football in 2020 and we will start with none other than our man Brian Christopherson. Well when Eric Shenander and Tony Tuioti said at times during the offseason basically that this defensive line can be as good or better than the one last year which I didn't think was an amazing defensive line but it has three guys that made it to NFL rosters um, and I have a lot of respect for Big Ten life in the trenches. I was sort of dubious that that was going to happen. I have to say through two games, I think uh, they might be right. I think I I like this group up front. I'm not saying it's all been perfect, but it's been about as good as you could ask for against the type of competition they've played for guys just sort of jumping into the water, into the deep end. So Ty Robinson, um, to me, has been sort of as advertised and he's going to keep getting better. I think Casey Rogers has been good. I think Stilly has lifted his game. Some other guys around him are playing all right. And the you know when it comes to the whole front seven package, I do feel like the run fits have been better on the second level so far this year. Let's see if they can keep that up. But that would be an encouraging item. Has there been a guy or two for you, Brian? I know you, you name-checked a few people there, but has there been a guy or two that has – jumped out on that front seven that went to a different level that you didn't necessarily either know that they had, or has it just been in some ways just quiet competence? Like they're just doing their job and, and they can cycle through uh, and rotate and there's not a big drop off. Yeah. I mean, I feel like the middle linebackers aside from the Reimer thing that's taken over, you know, all the talk at that position, I feel like Colin Miller and Will Honus are playing better football. Uh, much better than they did um, a season ago. And so I know Honus was out the last game, but I thought in the first game he w- he was pretty good and Colin Miller's played some of his best. So I think those the middle linebacker spot was one that I was also worried about. And uh, they have kind of eased some of those worries. And they've found an interesting mix at outside linebacker too. It's not like they've got like a just a game wrecker, but Jojo Doman has made some plays and then they found a way to sort of Phil Darius Payne is probably a guy to name drop because his snap count seems to be going up and he might be becoming more than just a third down guy, uh, rush end type player. So I, I think he's going to be a guy to watch going forward as is Nick Henrich, who had a pretty good uh, batch of plays uh, early in that game Saturday. Brunt, is there a player or two or a spot on the field or anything that you particularly think uh, has been good besides just, you know, what we've seen with the front seven or anything else jump out to you so far through two games? Yeah, it. Uh, the big thing that stood out to me is that you guys are still standing there on the platform with the, the Ty Robinson hype train pulling out of the station, but um, you had your chance to hop on a couple weeks ago and didn't, didn't get on then, so sorry. Um, I, I, I've been impressed overall with the young players that we've seen. I mean, I, I think, you know, it's, it's been kind of rare, I think at Nebraska where you've seen just kind of a mass of true freshmen, redshirt freshmen that 
you know, have really just kind of been thrown into the mix the way it has been this year. And I think for the most part, those guys have all held up pretty well. Um, obviously, the front seven's a, a big piece of that on defense. Uh, Miles Farmer didn't look out of place at all uh, last week against Northwestern. Um, you know, I, I think Ethan Piper is going to grow into a, a pretty good uh, guard for Nebraska. You know, I, I think that the, the kind of youth being served um, has impressed me um, so far. And, and I think Brian had on a lot with the front seven. I mean, that, that group, I think, has been kind of a revelation considering that I think that was probably the biggest question mark going into uh, the, the, the season on this roster. So, um, you know, the, the other thing I'll say too, you know, we, get, we kind of assume that the back four on defense would be a strength, but I don't know that it's necessarily because of the four guys who we we thought it would be, if that makes sense. So that, that's been good to see. And I, I think, you know, maybe it's just kind of the year that, that it is with, with everything that's been going on. But I, I think it's a, a good move by Nebraska to play the young guys, especially when they really went out of their way to, to really try to develop guys uh, in, in those the last couple classes. Yeah, what are that, oh, sorry, BC. I just want to jump in here with this. One of the things that stood out for me um, that, that I think is definitely a positive is you just have guys that are going about and they're doing small things that are really helping Nebraska. I thought Nick Henrich had a nice game against Northwestern, and he had a couple plays in coverage where he didn't move off of his guy. He didn't allow, you know, Ramsey, who was out and trying to, to shake the coverage a little bit by using his feet. And that allowed some of these uh, other players to come in and, and clean up the play, and, and he didn't ditch on where he needed to be coverage-wise. We've seen that in the past. Obviously, they had a breakdown on that first offensive pass play to, to John Raines, but it's just small stuff like that. I think, you know, Ty Robinson hasn't been completely dominant, but he's taking care of the things that he can take care of. And I, I think when we talk about football, we always want these playmakers, these guys that are just these, uh, you know, freaks that, that can just take over at any moment. But sometimes it's just having guys that are just very – confident and doing their job and I think we're seeing that more on the defensive side of the ball uh than we really have in the last few years under Nebraska all right Brian you were going to say something I cut you off oh I would no you you were due to talk I was just going to say did you see the play it was actually Northwestern's second touchdown when Ty Ty Robinson basically killed that running back um he ran he he, the way he ripped through the line and and took out a guy you're just like man I mean that it did end up working out for Nebraska on that play, but he does stuff like that sometimes where you're, it just kind of uh, grabs your grabs your notice in a big way. Um, I think a lot of what's happened this season, aside, you know, you wish the offense was, were finishing better in the red zone, but I said going in, the biggest storyline in a big picture sense was, were the 2019 guys going to be involved? Were they going to be all over the two deep and contributing? And they are. They're doing that. And so that's why I'm not yet – I don't have yet the – have the megaphone out yet um, with concern, um, even though they're on 2 and I get that it was a sour loss last Saturday. I'm not dismissing um, the missed opportunities and that that was a golden chance. But I think if you're looking at, at the, whole, the whole picture of it, um, some of the stuff we talked about for 10 months, if it was going to happen or not, is at least happening – and so that gives you a little bit of hope um, amid the points of concern, which are also valid. Do you have a megaphone? Yeah, I do. Uh, it, it's a, it's in the shed right now, but I, I, I can get it out if it's a poor performance Saturday. 
How's the hammock right now? Hammock is put away in the shed. It's very close to the yeah. megaphone. That shed, it can hold a lot of stuff. <laughs> All right, Brunts, you didn't get a chance to talk about this as much as BC and I did on Tuesday, but what are your thoughts on Nebraska's quarterback situation, and, and what do you expect to see on Saturday? Yeah, I mean, it, it's uh, it's some legit competition, and there's legit questions about, you know, if Adrian's the guy. I mean, I, I think – you saw a little bit crisper offense, the, the change of pace that Nebraska wanted in the fourth quarter uh, with Luke McCaffrey in there. If it were me, I mean, I, I think I would probably give Luke a shot and see how it goes. I mean, the kind of going back and watching that Northwestern game, it was it was clear, I think, as it was going on, but on a rewatch, I mean, the, the short passes um, are just – they're not there when Adrian Martinez throws them. Um, you know, there were, I think, back-to-back throws where it's kind of a back shoulder attempt at a throw to Vokalek that was way out of bounds. There was a fast ball that went through the back of the end zone that wasn't really catchable. Um, you know, just, just stuff like that that, you know, I, I think there's enough of a sample size so far this season where I think you probably have to give Luke McCaffrey a shot um, to, to start this game. So we'll see if that happens. I'm expecting that he probably will be the guy, but, um, you know, I don't think Nebraska is probably going to announce anything until, um, you know, basically they, they tried out there for the first offensive series. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it's, they've got to get that fixed. I mean, they, they've got issues on offense. Um, there's other issues besides just the quarterback spot, but that's, that's something you have to be better at in this offense. And I'm a, a little bit surprised that, uh, that, that they are not better there this year. Here's a question for both of you, and we're not going to know the answer until Saturday rolls around and, and we see who's out there. How big of a blow is it to Nebraska's offensive line if they don't have Cam Jurgens on the field? I mean, does it, does it shake? Because we, we all sort of agreed that the offensive line is, is a strength of where this team was coming into the year. And part of that was predicated that Cam Jurgens has the ability to be a top player. Now, do you, do you guys think that Nebraska's offensive line can still be successful, can still accomplish what they want to accomplish if Cam Jurgens is out for a while? Start with Brian. Um, yes, but it is a blow uh, because you built up this whole offseason to, okay, they finally, Cam has finally you know, got the engine revved up. He understands everything. He's moving fast and the calls um, – this is going to be exciting. And there were signs of that the first week. And then it's like, Oh, you got the, you hit a red light right off the bat. And that's the, that's discouraging because Cam has had a tough injury history already in his young career. So um, I think you got to give Matt Farniak credit and I'll remind people we're kind of, this podcast is kind of about the good we're seeing. So those people are kind of gripping their fists tightly right now, wanting us to, go into all the negatives we we have covered some of that but I do think you give Matt Farniak credit that he's a versatile guy um who can play all those positions and kind of bail you out in a moment like this but no it's not the it's not quite the group you want because Jurgens, I think can be a really great player uh but he's got to be on the field to show it to us Runtz what do you think yeah I I was I guess I was a little surprised that they moved Farniak over to, to center. I mean, I, like Brian said, I mean, it's a good thing that he has that kind of versatility, but, um, you know, I, I think it kind of threw 
things off a little bit because you got your your, your tackle that moved to guard is now playing center, and then you've got Bo Wilson on the other side, and and now you've got you know Ethan Piper in there. It, it just uh, I'm always kind of of a belief that along the offensive line, you want to try to maintain as much continuity as possible, and so th- that was a little bit surprising to me. Nebraska's offensive line is best when Cam Jurgens is in there. I mean, there's no denying that. And I thought he played well against Ohio State. So um, we'll see what they can get from him. I mean, it sounds like he's day-to-day, uh, will be for a while. But, um, you know, every game that he's not in there, I mean, I, I don't think that Nebraska's offensive line is operating at uh, peak ability there. All right. Well, hey, let's take a break. When we come back, we're going to switch sports for a little bit. Let's dive into – uh, Nebraska basketball. It's currently signing period for the Huskers. They added one player. They might be adding more players. And uh, we will we'll catch up with Brunts on that and see what he knows as it relates to a specific uh, five-star out of South Carolina. And then let's talk a little golden window as well. So we're going to do that here on the podcast when we return. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel, streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. All right, so I promised some basketball talk. I know, obviously, we're in the heart of football season. Basketball would be going on right now if this was a normal year, but it's 2020. Grunts, what can you tell us about where things sit for Nebraska's 2021 recruiting class for basketball? You got two in the boat, officially. Uh, Nebraska. Oh, I said one. That was my bad. I'm dumb. Never forget. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, Kisei Tominaga out of the, the junior college ranks. He's at Ranger College. He's the uh, the Japanese um, Steph Curry, I think, is what he's being called now. I've also heard the the Japanese James Harden, um, left-handed shooter, one of the, the national leaders in three-point shooting percentage. Um, you know, has played on the national team uh, for Japan, and, and a guy that you know is going to stretch the floor and, and really fit in well in Fred Hoiberg's offense. He's been committed for almost a year, so uh, not much drama there. Uh, other signee. Uh, Wilhelm Greenbach uh, out of California, six foot nine, 210 pounds. Uh, not your traditional big, but a perfect fit for Fred Hoiberg's style of play. He can shoot well from the outside. He can defend inside. Uh, averaged 12 points, eight rebounds last year. Uh, he was a guy that has been on Nebraska's radar for a long time. He actually took his official visit last fall uh, to Lincoln. And, you know, just another another piece to add to what Nebraska is doing uh, in this roster overall. So you got two in, um, and a, you kind of hinted at the, you know, the, the big news out there, you know, trending news for Nebraska is what five-star guard Bryce McGowan is going to do. Um, he's trending for Nebraska right now in the 24-7 sports crystal ball. Uh, it seems like there's a lot of momentum between – uh, Nebraska and the younger McGowan's. He's the younger brother, Trey McGowan's. Um, basically, Nebraska and Georgia right now sounds like a decision's coming on Friday, uh, more than likely. So things looking good there for Nebraska to add, you know, really dynamic playmaker. And, you know, again, th- this 
Nebraska's done the, the, the roster overhaul thing once um, last year. This time around, it's looking a heck of a lot better. So, uh, you know, if you're potentially adding, you know, two top 100 high school players plus one of the best shooting guards in the junior college ranks, that's not a bad uh, haul for the Huskers going forward. It does kind of feel like to me that Nebraska is continuing to, to find kind of the pieces that really best fit the Fred Hoiberg offense. Is that what it looks like when you look at Wilhelm and you look at, at uh, Japanese Steph Curry? Yeah. I mean, they, they want, they want to play with space. They want to play with pace and they want to be able to be, be a difficult matchup for, for teams. And, you know, that they're going to run, they want to run even more than they did last year. Um, and, and the way that you create that space is you get more shooters on the floor. And, you know, if you've got a guy that's, you know, six foot nine, 215 pounds now, um, but you, you put him out there in the Big Ten, that's a really tough matchup for uh, a four or a five in, in the Big Ten. So, yeah, I mean, that last year's group didn't shoot the ball well enough from the outside. They didn't have the the, the kind of skill, I think, from, from the wings to, to really get after teams. So, you know, both of these guys, when you plug them into that offense, you're going to have to defend way out um, into uh, the perimeter. So, yeah, I mean, they, they fit um, what, what Nebraska wants to do. And, you know, I, I think that uh, when you combine what, what this offense does, when you have Fred Hoiberg's, um, you know, NBA pedigree, and also, you know, with, with the way – things are trending right now in basketball with kind of that positionless basketball. Nebraska is a pretty darn attractive place for uh, recruits right now. And, and Nebraska is taking advantage of that. BC, you were once known as a Steph Curry before Steph Curry, oh, really? Steph Curry, and you were doing it probably at Abel Sandoz and then at the rec center. Mm. What, uh, what do you make of Nebraska basketball this year? And, and what's your level of interest in, in the Huskers uh, going forward in year two under Fred Hoiberg. Yeah, Bruns did a good job covering it. I won't talk too long, but I, I'm I'm pretty fired up about it, honestly. I, I, I feel like their coaching staff is too, um, kind of reading between the lines. Um, last year going into the season, it was thrown together in such a hurry. You could tell and you kind of heard the mutterings behind the scenes uh, this team is not going to be that good. I mean, you were they they made it interesting at times, and they they would uh, once in a while bring it somebody they shouldn't uh, have been competing with down to the wire. Uh, but it was just so inconsistent. And as Brunt said, they were. I feel like they're lacking a lot of length, and it really cost them on the defensive end too. And that's where I want to see a lot of improvement. I want to see a team that makes it a lot more difficult for teams shooting behind the arc. Um, last year, I mean, there was like two or three games it felt like where teams like set school records uh, with three-point shooting against Nebraska for a game. And so you need some, you know, long arms and some guys who make those shots more difficult and also make uh, guys think twice when they drive to the hoop that it's going to be an easy bucket. And um, Nebraska last year was good at getting to the hoop but couldn't finish. Other teams could finish, so hopefully that's something that uh, goes the other way now with the guys they have. All right, let's uh, let's let's end with this. We we talked a little Masters last time around. Actually, Brunch, do you want to dive into Golden Window? Do you have anything there for us? Uh, 
no, I mean, we're still kind of waiting on some, some final uh, word from the Big Ten on scheduling. I mean, that, that's been oh, the boy. surprising part of this is, you know, Nebraska is supposed to start their basketball season in two weeks. I mean, the, November 25th is when the season is going to start. Um, so some clarity from, from any kind of clarity would be great. I mean, you still don't have a golden window schedule. Uh, allegedly fans are going to be allowed at Pinnacle Bank Arena, um, or a small percentage of fans. But, yeah, I mean, it, it's the, the longer this kind of drags out, it's like, come on, Big Ten, get your act together. So um, we're supposed to – Yeah, we're supposed to talk to Fred Hoiberg on Friday. So hopefully there's a little bit more clarity on you know, not only the – the golden window and, and which teams Nebraska is going to be facing, but also maybe uh, a little bit more of a finalized recruiting class by that point too. Okay. So BC and I got to talk a little masters on Tuesday. It's obviously underway here on Thursday. Do you have a pick and do you want to spend a minute or two explaining to everyone in the world why pimento cheese sandwiches are in fact good? So I went with Dustin Johnson. Um, currently Larry Mize is leading the masters as we, uh, <laughs> <laughs> as we record this. So um, I didn't pick Larry Mize, um, but it, I, I'm also watching uh, Bryson and his group search through the bushes for a, a ball. So it, it feels like, uh, you know, this is my kind of, my kind of golf, but uh, gave me Dustin Johnson. I, I think he'll be top 10. I don't know if he'll win, but maybe, maybe he'll actually get it over the finish line um, in another major, but Pimento cheese sandwiches are a uh, – it's kind of like eggnog. It's a, it's a timely year thing. If, when it's master's time, you get a little pimento, a little jalapeno, throw that on the uh, on some bread. I, I choose to, to uh, toast mine um, a little, little bit on the uh, – a little bit of grilled, grilled pimento cheese, and, and, and you're living. So that, that's, my, that's my case. If you're just eating it regularly – with just the the wonder bread i don't know if i can get behind that but you get it a little a little grill on it i think that's that's living bc have you uh have you ever been fond of pimento cheese or its sandwiches never had it uh brunts brunts has never invited us over to have one either that is true I, i would note that is true we could we could easily come over for pimento cheese sandwiches and eat them at a safe distance from each other I think mm-hmm. that's something that could be done. The problem is, is after you have a grilled pimento cheese sandwich, you're going you're gonna to want to have to high-five somebody. So I mean, <laughs> that, would be, that would be the only issue is that you just be looking around for a high-five or a chest bump after you put a couple of those away. All right. Well, that's, that's good to know. We'll, uh, we'll keep an eye on that as well. All right. Let's, uh, let's go ahead and close this thing out. Be sure to check out Husker 24-7. We'll be back with a hype cast on Friday. we got a special guest ready to roll. You might know him. He's a listener of this podcast. I know he's excited to dive on with us. We'll get into Nebraska and Penn State, and we will see uh, what that has in store for us as well. And we'll be back, of course, on Saturday with another uh, post-game podcast, and then, of course, two more next week as well.